0: Chris Kiefer. Hey, everybody! Welcome in a new week. This is the Rocky RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you guys for going to Rocky Mountain and purchasing your products. And of course, FlyRacing, FlyRacing.com, they're a huge part of what I'm doing and this podcast and Kiefer Tested. Everything they do is... Pretty damn good. So go check them out. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Light hydrogen, almost summertime. Kinetic mesh, summertime life. You know what? The results are out for the Formula Helmet, which we will post up on keyforinktesting.com. But loads of information on the Formula Helmet, which is a positive for all of us out there that love to ride dirt bikes. So you can go check out the Formula Helmet over on their site. Again, flyracing.com. Racetech.com. Racetech is the one-stop shop to get your suspension, engine work, rebuilds, whatever you guys want. Racetech.com has it. They'll do a good job. Great quality human beings over there. My CRF250R project is almost done. Revalve suspension, engine work. I am so stoked to ride this bike, to have some bottom end, to have some power. There's nothing better than having a 250 four-stroke that just rips. Racetech can do that for your Honda. There's lots of you that ask me the questions about the engine services over at Racetech. As always, you can hit me up, Chris, at KeeferIncTesting.com, and I will do my best to get back to you and answer your questions. Anything Racetech-related or any one of my advertisers, I'm here to help. That's why we're here. That's why we do this damn show. We're here for you people. So again, a new week, a new episode. We skipped last week, folks. Sorry. Oopsie. Honestly, straight up, so busy with testing the last two weeks. I don't think I have ridden that much in a very long time. I had two straight solid weeks of testing. And then I flew to Denver for the Supercross. We had the live show at the Oriental Theater in downtown Denver, which was a success, which was so much fun with Danny and Will and Steve and JT and Weej and it was just a fun time. So I got home Sunday. Man, I had to do some honeydews when I got home, clean the house. There was a windstorm over here, so we had to clean up the pool and all this stuff. So we are back at it on this week. Yesterday, had to finish up some things, but today, Tuesday, we're here doing some podcasting. Some podcasting for all you Chicago people over there. Lots of podcasts out there that you guys can choose on. But I thank you guys for keeping me in your thoughts. Downloading these damn episodes. So hopefully you can learn something, laugh a little bit, and listen to my dumbass talk. Hopefully it's not as bad as some other people that talk. And hopefully my voice is a little bit more soothing than others. But okay. I wanted to thank you guys because I know it's a lot of... Some of you guys think it's overwhelming how much podcasts are out there. But honestly, it's just more for the masses. And you can pick and choose. And I thank you guys for downloading this episode. So, what the hell is this episode about? Well, we've been doing these at keyforinktesting.com. But I promised you guys I would do this in a podcast format. This is the top five modifications... That you can do to your 450 motocross machines. We're going to rip off six of those 450s out there. I'm going to give you the top five reasons and the modifications that you can do to your bike. So if you have a fresh new steed and you want to know what you can do. And maybe you want to spend some money. Hell, I'm not telling you to go spend the money because God knows they are expensive enough. But if you guys are in the market for some aftermarket things or goodies for your bike... This is why we're doing this podcast. So I'm going to give you rundown five mods for each bike, the reasons why I choose these mods, and what it will do to your motorcycle. Again, it's up to you to decide if you want to do these modifications or not. I'm not here to tell you when we talk about mufflers or whatever I'm recommending I'm not here to say this is the gospel. You must buy a Yoshimura muffler. You must buy an FMF muffler. I'm going to give you what I've tried and what I've experienced and what I think is the best. And we'll go over that when we break down each bike. But like I said, I'm not trying to push products on you guys. I'm here simply to tell you what I've tried and what works and what I like. And hopefully that's transparent and honest enough for you guys to go that direction. And if not, I get it. No stress. No problem. I'm just letting you guys know what works on these bikes. And if you guys don't hear things on these podcasts, like, hey, Kiefer, how come you haven't tried, you know, so-and-so or whatever, either A, I haven't tried it, or B, it's such a piece of shit that I'm not going to go blow the company out on a podcast. I will... Talk to you guys personally. If you guys want to know stuff about that, that's why I have an email. That's why I'm an open book. That's why you can speak to me over at Chris at Keferinktesting.com and I can tell you about it. I'm not here, seri- I'm not here to tell you and tell the whole world this product sucks, don't ever go to them. Because chances are some companies make good products for certain motorcycles, and maybe just maybe. The other products that they make aren't good for other motorcycles. I've experienced this a lot within my testing. I know for a fact that Yoshimura makes a really good muffler for a Honda. But I've tried a Yoshimura on other bikes, and it's not as good. So I'm really not going to recommend that product or y- Yoshimura product on that motorcycle. I may steer you guys in another direction. And that goes for any company, Pro Circuit, FMF, whatever. Sometimes they nail it. They nail a great setting on a certain bike, and they miss it on others. That's just part of the progress. That's hopefully why these companies can come to me, and I could try to help them make their stuff better, because that's what I'm here to do. So anyway, let's get down to it. We're not going to ramble on too much in this podcast. We're going to just get down to the brass tacks and give you guys the updates that you guys need on your motorcycles. So first things first, let's just run down the Yamaha YZ450F, because you guys know that I have had a shit ton of time on this thing, right? Blue Crew, Steve Mathis, you know, he's all up their ass about that. He loves his bike. Honestly, guys, I've never seen him more excited to ride a bike than he is right now. It's Easter weekend, there's a week off, and he wants to go riding. Chances are, that is directly because of the Yamaha. He wasn't this excited about his Suzuki, about riding. He went riding, but when I gave him that RMZ450, He wasn't chomping at the bit to come up and drive two hours to go ride with me. But he is chomping at the bit to ride on that YZ450F. So what are the five things that you guys must do to this bike? And this bike is great stock, okay? There's not a lot to be done. So these are the five mods that I came up with that you guys can try at home. First things first. And this is no particular order, okay? So... When I run down these five modifications, just know that these are the things that the five things that I would do. This isn't like when I rip off, hey, you need a battery. Not necessarily you need it ASAP. So don't freak out if you hear something first, and that's what's the first thing you should get. This is the things that you guys should get in no particular order. But a battery is a problem on these Yamaha's. Not even on the 450. It's on it's a problem with the 250Fs. For some reason, these batteries get drained, and they die. And I got a lot of emails coming to me saying, Hey, Kiefer, my battery's dead. My bike's three weeks old. What the fuck is going on? Well, I've confirmed that there is a problem with the stock battery, which may or may not be fixed um, mid-year. So what you guys can do, simply go buy an aftermarket battery, I have used the Firepower battery. It's a WPS product, of course. And you can find Firepower products wherever WPS stuff is sold. Rocky Mountain, ha ha ha. But simply installing a Firepower, which is a little lighter than the stock battery, okay? So you're losing a little weight. I don't know if you're freaking out about ounces. But you will lose some ounces in this battery. But it will not die on you. You will not lose juice when you're at the track. So... Plain and simple, firepower, not very expensive, just over a hundred bucks. You get a battery, lose some weight, and you have the peace of mind knowing that your battery will not take a crap on you when you're middle of a um, of a day at a moto track or you're up there trail around with your buddies. You're good. Yamaha's hate starting gear. I don't know if you guys know this. I just did a photo shoot yesterday with the Yamaha, and it was a pain in the ass to start in gear. Either A, I had to pull the clutch in and rock the bike back and forth to free it up to make it start, or I had to put it in neutral. With the firepower, you don't have to do that. It starts right up in in gear, third gear, second gear, in neutral. It's easy to start, and it will start. So first things first, if you guys are having a problem with your battery, just put a firepower in it. Or, again, whatever. There's a shore eye. There's all different kinds of other batteries out there. Just get a new battery because the stock one sucks. Second thing. Guts Seat Foam. Yes, they did go to a firmer foam in 2019. And although that is good for the first couple hours, that thing breaks down. So, simply go to Andy at Guts. Again, I've experienced many things with Andy at Guts. He has good stuff. He's a good dude. He makes good products. Get the firm foam over there. Now, you guys ask me, what should I get? Key for the Phantom Foam or the Standard Foam? Look. That's up to you how much money you want to spend. But honestly, straight up, I've tried a phantom foam and a standard foam, and I don't notice that much difference. I prefer the standard, stiffer foam. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about going lightweight. I don't think it's going to make that much difference. What is cool about the phantom foam is it's a closed-cell technology, so it will not get waterlogged like this other foam will. But for those of you guys out there that are simply just taking your seat, um, off anyway when you wash it You don't have to worry about it But if you guys are like me I just wash the bike with the seat on That does cause a problem over time To make it heavy and waterlogged and break down the foam Nonetheless, get a stiffer foam It will help you in the corners I still hit the freaking fuel tank in corners When this thing breaks down Just makes the bike feel low and mushy Like a couch I'm out I'm out of that I want something harder So when you when you see the word firm Don't get scared off It's fine it's not rock hard. Heavy duty chain number three. You guys know this. That the stock chains suck on on all bikes. It's no good. I'm out. Okay. Buy yourself a heavy duty chain. Did Subaki Regina or Gina? Sorry, however you say it. Fire even firepower makes a chain. Okay get a heavy duty chain. GYTR makes a heavy duty chain. It just helps. That stock chain stretches, it's done. I don't trust it. I'm out. Again. Heavy duty chain will help. Now, if you guys are wondering, hey, Kiefer, what about a muffler? I have had help. I have had some help with doing this FMF 4.1. We helped FMF kind of reconfigure. They are up and running. They are selling. They are stocked. So, you guys are wondering, hey, if I buy an FMF, will I get the correct one? Yes, you will. They're available. You're not going to lose any bottom end with this muffler. Some of you guys asked me, slip-on or full system? Eh, that's that's a great question. I had a slip-on. Really good. You're not going to get as much mid-range, but you are going to keep that nice linear stock bottom end power. And you're going to get maybe a slight little bit more top. You're not going to get much out of a slip-on. Full system, you'll get a little bit more. You're not going to lose any bottom end. You'll gain mid-range and top end. So I do like the FMF 4.1 system. Up to you. Stainless tie. Whatever you guys want to do. Whatever your pocketbook says. But sometimes I go with the stainless mid-pipe and head-pipe. And then I go a tie 4.1 rear. Why? Because it seems to last a little bit longer. The joint itself doesn't get clapped out as bad as tie does. Over time, the titanium does get a little bit clapped out and loose, and you will um, get some exhaust leakage where the joint, you know, the the muffler meets the midpipe. So just FYI, stainless is a little bit more durable, also a little bit more heavier, so heavier. And uh, just so you guys know that I always get that question too, tie or stainless. So that's up to you. Stainless will last a little bit longer, but you will not be losing as much weight. Tie tames a little bit lighter. And that does translate for the Yamaha into a lighter feeling um, tip-in in in corners. You're losing some weight up high with that, you know, removing that stock muffler. Um, You're putting that 4.1 tie on and you're losing some weight. I think almost a pound and a half, which is pretty good. So yeah, and that weight is up high. So what that translates into, when you go to tip in your corner, that initial lean, that helps you a little bit get in there a little bit better. You lose weight up high. That's what it does. So just note that. And last but not least, which is a little bit more tricky, a front brake mod. Rick? Rick? Yeah. Brembo brake. Okay? That helps. I've been riding a KTM and Husqvarna a lot, and I get back on the Yamaha. I'm like, oh, geez, this front brake's a piece of shit. A little bit mushy, a little bit, you know, takes a lot of effort to pull in. So you can go to keyforringtesting.com or pulpmx.com. I give you the part numbers to the Brembo brake system that will work on the YZ450F. Yes, you can buy a Brembo brake system on the Yamaha and have all that power Right at your fingertips on the blue machine. It helps. You guys wondering, hey, it's the front brake, whatever. Dude, I'm telling you guys right now, there's nothing better than having a strong pull and having a powerful front brake, and you're coming into a corner. It's going to drop your lap times and just feel much better. Man, when I ride Brembo brake systems, it's so good. I love it. I'm all in on it now. Now that I've been riding more on a steel frame bike, and I have that brake, and it's really good, Man, I wanted to know how I can do that with the Yamaha, and I found out with the help of Doug Dubach. He does that to his bikes. He does that for his boy Carter on his two-stroke, and he helped me gather the part numbers up where you guys can go purchase them at any you can Go Rocky Mountain. You can buy the Brembo parts, and in that article that I wrote over at PulpMX.com, I break it down how you do that, which part number you need, and how much. Does that translate over? How many parts on the Yamaha translates over on those Brembo systems? So I break all that stuff down. You can go check it out, pulpmx.com. But nonetheless, a Brembo front brakes help that bike a lot. So check it out. Any of you guys, Yamaha two-strokes, four-strokes, whatever, look into getting a Brembo system on there and just enjoy that power that that thing provides. All right, moving on to the Suzuki Z 450 guys. Oh, yeah. Blue Crew out. Arm Army is in. So what exactly are the five things that the Suzuki needs? Well, Joe Aloff is in charge of this Suzuki, but we collaborate every other week or so. And I ride this bike to check in and see how the progress is going. And I would say it's actually pretty good, man. I, have, I actually have a fun time riding this bike and all the little things that Joe has done to it. So again, some of these mods you can check over. Um, check over at keyforinktesting.com, but slip-on muffler does help. I don't think you guys need a full system for this starting out. the we, we chose to use the Pro Circuit slip-on, and actually it helps wake up the bottom-end power, which this Suzuki needs. A little bit of RPM response makes it feel lighter, so I like that power. We evolved it over the next couple months, and we had a full system, and I didn't notice that much gain, but... Nonetheless, the Pro Circuit slip-on muffler system with the insert in, because we tested with the insert out and in, and Joe was on board with it out, and then I said, hey, let's try this insert in to get a little bit more bottom-in RPM response, and he actually liked it better. So, if you guys end up going to that PC system, just know that insert that is in the box, chances are it's in the box. They might even install it already stock, but... If they don't, put that sucker in and you'll get a little bit more added RPM response in the mid-range and in the bottom end. So that will help you. A link. I use a ride engineering link. It helps make that rear end squat a little bit. The bad news about this, the shock, okay? It's pretty good on acceleration. On unload, or I call decel, it wants to kick and ride high. This link will kind of help balance your guys' bike out. It'll help stay a little bit lower. It'll be a little bit flatter, which will help you get into corners better. It doesn't hurt acceleration traction, so you're not getting any real negative by just going to a link with this this shock. Even if you guys have a revalve shock, okay, just make sure they didn't cut it. Because when you have a cut shock, that throws that link off if you're going to throw another one millim- plus one mil on that rear link. Basically, what we started out with was a stock, show a shock, right? Put that link on and just notice an improvement right away. So if you're on a budget, you want to get a little bit better balance of bike, throw that link on, run a sag about a 106 to 107 because I had to run a sag of 109, 110 with no link on that shock just to try to feel better coming into corners. So get that link. That'll help you balance it out. You can run a little bit higher of a sag, and that way you don't have to freaking uh, <laughs> run your fork legs up plus seven. You can just run a plus three, plus five, and be good. So get that link. That'll help you. You want to add a little bit more HPs? Get a piston. Vertex Pistons, of course, they're a sponsor of the show, Pivot Works. I can get you a deal on one if you guys need one. But... Simply go into a high compression piston, which you can go to a higher compression piston and still run pump gas. So everyone just chill down. You don't need freaking, you know, 14 and a half to 1, so just relax. Get a high compression piston in there. Do yourself a favor. Get some added bottom in and mid-range. That'll help spark this thing up out of corner and get you a little bit more excitement. Because although this thing has good crack, 0 to 5%, after that it's just kind of lazy doesn't have a lot of meat especially when the track is tilled up. So just simply getting a high compression piston and a muffler makes this engine much better. I mean I'm telling you it's a it's a day and night difference. And for those that you guys are familiar with my tracking on my testing sheets, a three baseline of the stock bike, it's this whole bike's like a 3.5 with a muffler and a high compression piston. So that helps a lot in this bike. There's not a lot of bikes in this podcast that benefit from a high-compression piston, but Suzuki is one of them, okay? Hinson Clutch. You got a little bit more horsepower, get yourself a Hinson Clutch. The best thing to do is, and people say, ah, it's so, so expensive, it's like $1,000 for this whole system. I get it. But the stock clutch on this thing is weak. It doesn't put that power to the ground of the rear wheel. When you put a whole basket in and a whole system of the Hinson, it actually helps feed that power to the rear wheel better. It hooks up better. The actuation of the clutch is much better. You have a wider engagement. It's not so on-off feeling. It helps a lot. If you guys are on a budge, budget, okay, get the basket, just the basket, and you guys can run your stock you know, pressure plate and outer. That's fine, but get the basket. That helps. You guys can't afford it. Get the whole thing, which is the basket, the inner, the outer, the pressure plate, and the cover, and you're good. It's awesome. So Henson helps feed that power to the ground. Can more connection to the rear wheel get you out of traction, and um, you can get out of the gate and out of corners better with that Henson clutch. Um, FCP engine mounts, again, I like what... I like what they're doing you know with some bikes, but it, this these engine mounts don't work for every single bike, okay I'm not on board with every bike needs an engine mount because I'm a part of the testing process in <laughs> in production, and trust me, we go over engine mounts a lot. there is a lot of work going in engine mounts, and I can't speak for every manufacturer, but I'm telling you. <sighs> There's a lot of testing going on with a lot of things, every single part on a bike, and not every single freaking motorcycle needs these engine mounts. But with this Suzuki, with its rigid feel, FCP does make a good you know, engine mount kit because that's what he does now. He has a kit with these engine mounts. They do help. Joe swears by it, and I wrote it and I was like, wow, it's pretty good. So, it helps compliance on slap downs, it's helped bump absorption a little bit, and it actually improves cornering because you're getting the front mount and the top mount. So, I would say for the price, it's worth it if you guys want a little bit more bump absorption and you guys want a little bit better mid corner feel. The Suzuki corners well already, but if you guys want to get added bump absorption, You're going to lose somewhere else. And where that somewhere else is, is mostly in corners. Okay? If you have a bike that's really good on straight line, chances are it's not very good in the corners. Take, for example, a Honda. Very good corner. Not very good straight line. Suzuki, really good in the corners. Not very good straight line. So these mounts help balance the bike out in that direction where, hey, I'm getting a little less rigid feeling on Decel bumps, on Square Edge, and it helps me corner in mid-corner. It doesn't lose that feeling. So I like what he's doing over there at FCP with the Suzuki. Okay, just know that. So you guys can check him out. I know he has a website now, or you can go onto my website and read about the top five mods, and you can read more about it there. What about a Honda? I've been riding red lately, right? Been lots of red lately with this Team MCR deal I got going on. So, I know this bike in and out. <laughs> so, those of you guys buying this bike, man, it's a sexy bike, isn't it? If I look at a Honda, I'm like, damn, I want to ride that son bitch. It just looks like it wants to be ridden hard and fast. This isn't after dark, but damn, does it look sexy. Honda CRF 450R, top five things that I can do. Okay, easy enough. So, reliability, durability. The rear hub, I've had some problems with that, straight up. Some of you guys may or may not experience this. I know I have. I've had a rear hub break on me. I've had uh, it come apart near the sprocket bolts. I have it come apart um, near. Oh, let's see. I would say one was near the sprocket bolts, and one was on the other side near the disc. But nonetheless, slamming down, hitting things hard, that rear hub seems to break. I know that I've had a, I've had problems with this. Other guys intermediates, novices, never had a problem. But faster, heavier guys, I've seen break hubs. So for shits and giggles and for safety, I'm just going to recommend that to you guys right now. I would look into an aftermarket hub. There is Tusk, which we will be doing a review on. I've just been taking 10 years on that because I actually want to put some time on it. So you guys asking me, where's the Tusk review? Chill down. Let me put some time on it and beat the shit out of it. I'm only one test rider over here at this business. I'll get back to you guys. I'm over 26 hours on the hubs, on the tusk, and so far, so good. Okay? You can go to Rocky Mountain and get that, or you can go over to John Anderson at W and you can get some talons. You can get some kite wheels. Either one of those hubs is better than the stock rear hub. I've hadn't, I hadn't, I have not had a problem with the front hub. So, it's up to you guys if you guys want to just get a rear hub. That's what I do with my practice bike. I just put on a heavier duty Talon rear hub and left the front one alone. Yes, you will get a little bit firmer of a feel, but if you guys don't go with A60 rims, which are super stiff, I do not go to those. I go to a DID rim. You can go to a Dirt Star whatever or whatever you guys want, but I stay away from the gnarly, the gnarly heavy duty rims. So I don't go that gnarly because it makes the bike feel rigid. So look into a rear hub, and keep an eye on your sprocket bolts, guys. Put some blue Loctite if you change sprockets a lot. Blue if you don't, put red. Second thing I do, which is kind of like one A one B, is heavy duty chain. And if you're not, and if <laughs> if you don't trust the heavy duty chain, which I don't on a Honda, because I've seen so many crashes because of chain brakes or Malcolm Stewart's chain derailing. I know some of you guys may or may not know that, but go to an O-ring. I have an O-ring on my practice bike. They don't stretch as much. They're a little bit heavier, but I don't care. The bike's fast enough anyway. I'm not going to lose any horsepower just by sticking an O-ring chain on. So go to he- get a heavy-duty chain on there. I snapped two chains. You guys heard me talk about one, an RK that I snapped, and I've snapped a stock one. So get those things off of there. Um, RK is sending me another chain. And also, just note that Honda chain adjustments are a little bit different than other bikes. And you want at least three fingers from the top of the slider on the swing arm, okay? Three fingers. It may look a little loose, but you don't want it any tighter than that. Because when the leverage goes up, the actual chain gets tighter, right? So you want to have a loose point, relaxed, three fingers. Just know, I think may I may have had when I ran the RK, I may have it um, too tight. Two fingers. And I think that was what I was used to with KTM and Husqvarna and Yamaha. And then I went that with that direction on a Honda. It was too tight. I think I snapped it because of that reason. Because I've never snapped an RK chain before. But otherwise, get a heavy-duty chain. RK, DID, firepower, whatever it is. Get an O-ring on there. Much better. Yoshimir exhaust. Dude, that, that Honda is so freaking fast. Stock. It's touchy. It's too gnarly off the bottom. And that was even and they even went to work on that in 19 to make it less touchy. But I'm telling you guys, it's still touchy. Rolling on that throttle through corners, whoo. Man, it's it's gnarly. Especially when the ruts get choppy. It upsets that chassis too much. And Yoshimura exhaust system smooths that zero to ten to fifteen percent out as you roll on, as that transition in the corner, and it helps the bikes chassis so much just with simply putting on the exhaust so best mufflers I tried are Yoshimura on the Honda I've tried FMF and they are louder they have more bottom end but I'm not looking for more bottom end I'm looking for more of a smoother roll on with broader mid to top and that's exactly what the Yoshimira provides so I put that thing on again it's up to you stainless or tie I went with tie because I'm losing weight that thing's a little heavy that helps they look bitching And, uh, yeah, so they make quality stuff over there. So look over there, Yoshimira, if you want some Honda stuff. Vortex Ignition. Yeah, we're getting some pricey stuff with this Honda. But, dude, getting a Vortex Ignition map by Chad at XPR on this thing, I I can't sit here and tell you guys enough over this podcast how much it changes. Not only the power, okay, but the chassis whole feel around the track. What I touched on with the Yoshimir exhaust, how smooth and broad I want the power. That is exactly what this Vortex Ignition does more of. I'm getting more power, and a broader power, and a longer power, for that matter. But it is not as touchy. I have mine map for Pro 6, but he has maps for pump gas that is insanely, really, really good. Buy yourself a Vortex Ignition, not because of the power, but just because you want to help your chassis balance out of corners, rolling on the throttle, on-off. It just gets rid of all that on-off, herky-jerky bullshit that this Honda does. I don't care if you're riding soft, sand, hard pack, whatever. This thing will help you in all conditions. Everyone that I've recommended this ignition to has emailed me back and said, dude, unreal how much better this bike is. I never knew a bike could change so much simply from an ECU. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It does. So just like I recommended Jamie at Twisted for the Husqvarna and the KTM, I recommend Chad at XPR for this Vortex CRF450R ignition. It helps your guys' chassis out a lot. and makes you a better rider. It helps your corner speed. Trust me, it, it helps that bike out tremendously. Hopefully in 2020, they'll have that ECU figured out a little bit, and we won't have to worry about being so herky-jerky because it gets old, man. You get old riding that bike, and I want to make it so good, and it's just tough to do that. So, again, go to keyforinktesting.com. You can read track toughness on the Honda CRF450R, and you can kind of understand what we're talking about. All right, moving on. Simple modification. Uh, Easy, free, no money. You guys like that, right? Swing arm torque spec. 65 foot-pounds is stock. Go down to 59 or 60 foot-pounds. Not that much, right? You're thinking, ah, that's not going to do shit, Kiefer. It does. All right, I'm not going to steer you in the wrong direction. Go out. Ride your dirt bike. Okay, a little rough, a little choppy. 65 foot-pounds, stock, torque spec. Ride it. 10 10 minutes. Come back. Ease it off. 60 foot-pounds. Go back and ride. Boom feel it. The shock should be freer. The rear of the bike should be a little bit more supple, a little bit more comfort. And chances are you might have to adjust your shock because you're getting a little bit more of a looser, more comfortable, more traction feeling. I put mine at 59 foot pounds and it makes it so much better on acceleration. It's not such a harsh feeling. And on decel, you get a little bit of a lighter slash comfortable, I just want to say bump impact feel. And that's what I feel like on the Honda. I just feel it super rigid underneath my ass when I ride it. When I slam down in a jump or I'm accelerating or I'm coming in some hard decel bumps, I just feel like it's too firm underneath my ass. Well, loosening the torque spec up 5 to 6 foot-pounds does help free it up a little bit. So that's free mod. That's easy to do. But just make sure to try... The stock spec, and then go back, do 60 foot pounds. And then, so you guys can see back to back and see for yourselves. That's what I want you guys to do. Just don't do it in the garage and go ride it because chances are maybe you won't feel it. But I want you guys to feel that kind of shit. So, last but not least, Recluse Clutch. I don't need you guys to go out and get a whole torque drive, that's up to you. But I simply put a torque drive clutch pack. In my practice bike, it's just the clutch pack. It utilizes all the stock internals, but this clutch pack uses more clutch fibers, and it's like the torque drive kit, but you can use it in your stock basket. Okay, what does it do? You'll get a wider range of engagement, which is key on this bike. You will get added rear wheel traction because now you have this nice feed in your clutch. Okay. And probably the most, (laughs) the number one thing that I love about this is the clutch pull. Dude, Honda needs to get their shit correct with their clutch pull because it sucks. Even if you put a works connection clutch perch on it, which I recommend, it still feels hard after a while. This, putting this torque pack in, with the increased plates that it's gonna have now, helps that lever pull. It's softer, it's smoother. Dude, I'm running just that pack. The lifespan of the clutch is better. I'm not getting a, a judder when I leave the gate, I'm not getting a little feel. Um, I get added rear wheel traction and that light lever pull, I am all about. I love it. You know what else Chad does too? This is an extra bonus tip. He has a different clutch arm. He adds, he has a longer clutch arm, and with that that clutch pack, man, it makes it so linear and so smooth that uh, I told him he wanted that clutch arm back. And I said, nope, I want to keep that on my practice bike for a while. It's kind of expensive to make, so I don't know if he makes them. But if you guys bug him enough about making a clutch arm, a longer clutch arm, I want to say it's plus 4 millimeter longer. I could be wrong. It might be plus 7. It's either plus 4 or plus 7. Don't quote me on this because it's, we talked about this lightly because he's not really selling these. But he says if there's a demand for it, he will make these. But I'm telling you guys right now, getting that recluse torque drive clutch pack and then having that plus that added, you know, that longer clutch arm on the bike makes a big difference in the delivery of the power and the clutch life and the pull. So those those things combined help this bike. Honda is the, probably the most finicky bike in this top 5, so I could probably make 10 of these, 10 modifications for the Honda, but we will do more on keyforinktesting.com you can go read about added things that we do we're testing engine mounts, we're doing that we're trying to see if it makes it better we're not really sold on the engine mount thing yet on this 19 chassis like I was on the 18 so we're working with that so that will come, so everyone just chill out on that I know you guys are up my ass about that but we'll get to more Honda CRF 450R stuff here the next, in the coming weeks. Hey, we got some commercials coming up, so stay tuned and listen. Get a discount code. Purchase them. They help this whole thing out here. So support us by going to these guys and love them up. We love our advertisers. Thanks for listening. Do not forward it. It's fun. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it but I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Scosche. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to scosche.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have... Phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Scosche Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, Award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out. Scosche.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Scosche develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Scosche finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. Fifty countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Scosche is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, S-C-O-K-T-25. That's S-C-O-K-T-25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right, they're on board with the com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 60Helmets.com, check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at Chris at Testing.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D Lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils. Blood Power Sport Series the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyfring testing. Um, honestly tried it was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross. Now they got some Supercross guys. So go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code Kiefer and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. Bloodlubricants.com So a little known fact. I started racing desert when I was 9 years old until I was 16. I really didn't get into moto till after 16 years old because my family would go camp in the desert and my dad rode and hounds. Out here in the West Coast, there was a club called District 37, and that's what we did. We went camping on the weekends. Uh, My parents build bonfires, they would drink, and my dad would go race, and I would ride around the camp and make a little track, right? Well, fast forward till now, 2019, you go to nationalheronhound.com. They have classes for your son, your daughter, mom, and dad. It's not just dad. It's really cool. It's ran very well. The kids race the day before. Dad and mom can go race the next day. And just have a family, fun-filled weekend racing dirt bikes. There's nothing better. Go to nationalheronhound.com. Check out their schedule. They go to California, Texas, Nevada, Idaho, all over the place. Go check them out. And if you have any questions about this series, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I'm happy to answer them for you. And maybe get you a discount code on your next entry fee. Very cool. Again, Maybe I will see you out at one of these suckers. I feel like I need to go race again and I want to go relive my youth through nationalhairandhound.com. Go check them out.
1: Screenprintingdone.com.
0: You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t shirts? Go to screenprintingdone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company, he is a rad human being, and he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenPrintingDone.com, tell him Kiefer sent you, and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer... That's right, Kiefer and ScreenprintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex Piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, GasGas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at keferinktesting.com. And I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com. All right, we're back. No more commercials. Here it is. All right, now the KTM and the FC450. I kind of combine these because these modifications work on either bike. Lots of emails about steel frame motorcycles into my inbox. A lot of you guys are buying these with good reason, man. It is a badass bike. It is fun. When I got this whole MCR deal, I was actually kind... As as cool as that sounds and as effed up as this sounds, I was actually bummed out that I'm not going to be able to ride a KTM 450 SXF. I love the bike. It's easy to ride. It fits me. I'm a smoother guy. It, it's just a great bike to ride, and I really like it. And, and now when I dialed in the Honda, I like it more. But, man, it took some work, and... It's uh, the KTM and the and the FC 450 are just good bikes out of the crate. I would say yeah. There's a little things that you could do to make them better. I know they're air forks, but we'll talk about that. But it's a good bike. So first things first, ECU remap. Yes, even if you have a 2019, you will need an ECU remap. You can go to Jamie over there at Twisted. You can reflash your stock one. It makes it better, less diesel pop, not rich off the bottom. Or do yourself a favor. Go get a Vortex, get it mapped by Jamie, or Chad, because they both do good work. But I've had ex- more experience on these Huskies and KTMs with Jamie at Twisted. And watch your smile grow. Just watch your smile grow, people. Because this ignition just wakes up this whole power, man. If you guys are saying, ah, oh, Kiefer, man, it doesn't have enough bottom in ECU, boom. So good. Snappy, RPM response, more pulling power, increased over rev. Dude, I don't dream about dirt bikes that much, but I dream about a KTM or a Husky with this map, with this ECU. It is good, dude. Snappy. Everyone says, hey, Kiefer, what's in your bike? Man, your bike sounds crazy good, you know? And I'm like, dude, it's just an ECU, bro. And it makes it run so clean, so crisp, and I love it. So, you guys don't have enough money for the Vortex. This does help with the reflash. It helps a little bit. Not really helping power, but just helping it clean it up. So, you'll get a little bit of extra RPM response. So, either 1A or 1B, reflash or a new ECU, that helps this bike a lot. Black throttle cam. Some of you guys are going, where do I get the black throttle cam? It should be in your little kit that comes in your your owner's manual area, a little folder that they give you. There is a throttle cam. It's black. You want to put that in there. So it's a little bit shorter. It helps the delivery of the power. It's not so hesitant coming through corners. So what happens is you come in through a corner like the Honda. It's not herky-jerky, but you go give it throttle, and there's just nothing there, like 0 to 10%. It's just like dead. And all of a sudden it comes on. You're like, whoa. Like, shit. Just came on. Well, Black throttle cam will help that to make it seamless. So it kind of delivers the power and give you more connection to the rear wheel when you twist the damn throttle. Simple mod. If you guys can't find that black throttle cam, ODI grips, lock-on grips, they have the cams inside their little package that they have. They have all different kinds of cams. Put the black throttle cam on with your lock-on grips. And if you guys don't want lock-on grips, well, throw them in the trash. Whatever. You got the cam inside of there. So simple, done, easy, boom. 1452 gearing. I talked about this a little bit. 1349, 1452. Where do I go? I've been experienced with both. 1452 will help the rear shock, acceleration, traction a little bit, kind of relax that swing arm. But also, it does help second to third gear transition. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. It will help when you come out of a corner and you want third gear and you want to grab a handful fourteen fifty two gearing will help that gap thirteen forty nine is good for recovery if you're in third gear in the wrong in the wrong gear and you're coming in a corner to stab the clutch and it'll help you recover quicker. but fourteen fifty two gives you added rear wheel traction and helps second to third gear so you can shift sooner. Now, if you're in the wrong gear, let's say you have a tighter corner and you're in third gear and it's just like, recovery is not as good with the 1452. But if you're in the correct gear and you want to shift early coming out of the corner, hopefully you're with me, you're coming out and you shift the third, the 1452 gearing will help. And I think some of that has to do with how much added traction you have. And I think that's why you can maybe shift a little earlier with the 1452. Try both. Try 1452. Try 1349. If you have the time, of course, you're going to need a new chain with the 1452. But I have since went back to a 1452 riding rougher tracks. It does help that bike a lot. So that's another great mod to have. Handlebars. I'm a fan of Pro Taper stuff, plain and simple. Um, they do advertise with us on the show, but only reason why is because I love the bar. I may or may not have a Pro Taper buyer on my Honda. Coming from a fat bar, probably don't recognize it, but that is probably what is on my Honda. Little known fact, that Pro Taper does have a better dampening feeling than other bars that I have tried. Less vibration, a little bit more dampening. I like it. Okay, so the Husky does come with a Pro Taper bar, but I thought it was a little bit too low and long. If you guys like that bar, cut it down to 804. It's 811 right now. Cut it down. Much better in corners. So much better. It'll help you. Trust me. For those of you on a KTM and you're on a Neckin, God bless. Get some pro tapers. Dampening is so much better. It's so harsh on my wrist, dude. When we go test with, uh, with a manufacturer and then we have a KTM for a baseline bike, dude, that bar, that and bar is so damn rigid. I'm just like, KTM can do themselves a favor and get a pro tapered bar on their bike and it would be way more comfortable. Trust me. I go with an SX Race Evo bar or an SX Race Fusion. Fusion is a crossbar. Evo is not. Either way, you're good. On my Husky and KTM right now in the shop are Fusions. I like a crossbar. I've been running those. So um, I tried Evos. I like those. I would say there's an Evo on a Honda right now. May or may not be on there. Hmm. But SX Race is a good band. I'm 6 foot tall. Still pretty low in the 87 millimeter range, the height. So, for those of you guys always ask me about handlebar height and what bar should I go with, look at an SX race band. It's a good band, still lower, doesn't have a lot of sweep, and not as flat, not as straight as a stock Husqvarna band or a KTM band. So, get a new handlebar, make it a pro taper, make your life better. Airbox mod, drill some holes in there. You guys know I've uh, put that up on my site. There is six holes in the Husqvarna. It helps airflow. adds one full horsepower to the dyno. Where does that lead you on the track? That leads you with better pulling power. Get more airflow through the airbox. Does it help on a KTM? Yes, it does. Have I done it? No, not yet. But I've tried it, and I like it. I just haven't drilled the holes yet on my bike. There is a pattern that I prefer that looks sano, looks clean. It doesn't look all roached out. Again, Husqvarna KTM may or may not have some holes already drilled in their airbox or side airbox cover for 2020. So you guys can do that right now. If you have a 2019, get ahead of the game. Get a 2020 mod on your bike. There is a pattern that's like a triangle. Looks like a pyramid. Right smack dab in the middle of the left side cover. I've posted it up on my site. If you guys don't see it or if you guys are just plain lazy... Please don't be lazy. I got other stuff to do than answer emails that are just from lazy people. Search the website. That's what it's there for. Take time. Enjoy it. You're on the shitter. Get on your iPad. Look up testing.com. It's awesome. There's all kinds of stuff that you may or may not find. Get on there. But if you don't find what you want, email me. I'll help you. That diagram is up. It's cool. I've sent it out many times. So triangle type airflow, half-inch holes, do it up. Get some RPM response, help your bike out a little bit, get some more airflow. Last but not least, the surprise of 2019, the Kawasaki KX450. What a great bike. This is becoming the new baseline machine for a lot of manufacturers to get their production bikes better. Why? It does a lot of things good. Straight line stability, it corners well, it feels light, it has a really good motor. A lot of things really good about this Kawasaki. I designated Dominic Chimino, my test guy. Um, this is his bike. He's in charge of this bike. But again, I revisit this bike with him every couple weeks to see what's going on, to try to you know see if it's getting better, if we're going backwards or whatever we're doing. And actually, he's done a really good job, one, promoting this bike, two, making it better and giving you guys the information that you need. So the top five things for this Kawasaki is get your fork and shock dialed in. yes. The stuff is good. The Showa stuff is really good, okay? But that fork is a little bit too soft for most. I'm 170 pounds. Dominic is 150-ish. It works well for Dom. If you're 150 pounds, I don't think there's a lot of you out there as small as Dominic. Most of you guys buying this machine is heavier or heavier. So... Get a heavier fork spring in there. Put a 5.1 in there. 5.0s are stock. Put a 5.2 in one side. Boom. Five, one. you You're good. It's balanced. You come into a corner. Much better. It's not as much front end dive on decel. You don't get that pitching feeling. You don't get that roll on like you're coming out of a corner and it lifts up the front wheel. It kind of just keeps everything flat and just more balanced. Could you guys go get a revalve? Absolutely. We revalved our stuff through Racetech because Dominic's 150 pounds. <coughs> and he liked it better. It took two tries, okay? Two simple setting tips from Race Tech. He has it, he loves it. He raced the, what is it, Swap Moto vet race that we did together, and he won his class. So Dominic seems to like it. And it's at Glen Helen, it was rough. So and he really found a nice setting for his little light ass, and it works really, really well. But first things first, get your fork dialed in. A SAG recommendation for you guys out there on this is 105. That's the baseline, what we want. You don't want to go any lower. You don't want to go any higher. That 105 mark is key on this bike. But do yourself a favor. Go to a 5'1 or 5'2, depending on your weight. I would say 170 to 190, 5'1. If you're around 200, go to a 5'2. Much better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you guys need your stuff revalved on this bike. Simply try going to a fork spring first. See if it helps, which it will. If you want more comfort, then I would say, yeah, go to a revalve. And if you guys are 200 plus, yes, you'll need a rear shock spring. But I don't really recommend the shock spring unless you're 205, 210, and then you're going to have to go up one. Some of you guys wonder, hey, if I put a a new springs in here, does it mess up the valve? No, it doesn't. You will have to be patient And get these settings dialed in and may or may not have some clicker adjustments made. Going to a heavier spring, you might want to back out your compression on the fork if you're doing that. Same thing with the shock. And make sure to always check your sag on any of these bikes every two to three weeks. Because it can change and it can throw off your bike. Springs sack out, bikes change. Just because you set your sag once doesn't mean it's money for the rest of its life. Check it again. 22 millimeter offset. Stock is 23. Dominic loves a 22. And it doesn't hurt straight line stability. It just adds to its cornering ability. Yes, there is a weakness in the Kawasaki. That is mid-corner vagueness. Not as bad as a Yamaha. But, nonetheless, he wants a little bit sharper turning. He's a smaller guy. And going to a 22 millimeter clamp really helped him. We tried the right engineering stuff. That's what's on there. Of course... There is a discount through Ride Engineering, Kiefer-20. But if you guys don't want to go to Ride Engineering, whatever, and you have a a preferred clamp you want to go to, whatever. I'm just letting you guys know where this mark is. 22 millimeters. I believe in Ride Engineering. I believe in X-Trig. Those two clamps I've seen the best results with. So, um, again, 22 millimeter offset helps the Kawasaki on tip-in, middle corner, and exits. He just thought he could dive into corners a little bit harder with going to a 22-millimeter offset without getting too twitchy on fast, you know, high-speed stuff. He did drop his fork to 3 millimeters in fork height, okay, from 5 when he went to a 22, and that helped balance on fast straightaways. So, again, 22 offset. Try it. It's only 1 millimeter, but it does work, and it does help. There's really no negative to it. When I rode it and I went back-to-back back on it, I'm like, oh, wow, I was thinking it's going to really hurt stability or maybe get a little, create a little harshness on some bumps. No. We had best luck with the 22 offset. A link. A couple of these bikes need a link in this, this podcast, right? Well, the Kawasaki also benefits from that when you do... Happen to go to a 22 millimeter offset, this link will help the rear end squat a little bit, get a little bit flatter, lower in the corner, and make it and help cornering ability. Again, 105 is the key with a link or without. I've tried both. I tried going to 103, 104 with this link. Yeah, balance wasn't that good off throttle. When every time I had off throttle feeling on 103, I just felt like I was front end heavy and it made the front end steering feel real heavy and I didn't like it. So, Going back to a 105 with a link where it improved on the track was for me it was as I'm entering corners and you have these little edgy sharp edge square edge braking bumps it just kind of calmed the rear end down so I could get on the gas sooner once I hit my corner. Without the link it felt a little bit high and I didn't like how it made me enter the corner. So I experienced before I went to the Link, I was like, oh, I feel a little high in the rear. I tried to drop the ass in. I said, oh, I'll try to 106, 107. Just made the shock feel harsh on acceleration. I didn't like it. So the balance was good at 105, but that Link really helped it just kind of feel supple and comfortable off throttle. No negative on throttle. To me, it's tough to find a, a part, especially a chassis part, that makes off throttle feeling better and not really fuck with on-throttle feeling. It's really difficult to find. This is the balance I try to find every time I do some production testing. always go back to the engineers, the suspension techs, and say, hey, man, off-throttle feeling's better, but on-throttle feeling, I'm getting a firm feeling, not a lot of acceleration traction. This link doesn't screw with on-throttle feeling. It actually makes the off-throttle feeling better, and you keep that comfortable Kawasaki feeling on throttle. So look into the link. It helps. It's only one millimeter longer. Help create a little bit better balance for your Kawasaki. Last but not least, exhaust. We have a Yoshimura exhaust on ours. It's a monstrosity looking thing but it does work really well. Is it the most attractive muffler out there? No. I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry. Just straight up. I'm being honest, man. It's not the best looking thing out there. It is a Big, big son of a bitch. But man, it works really good. It makes the power smooth, broad. Still has that nice, free engine feel that the Kawasaki comes with. And also, what I like, it kind of helps the engine braking. Because there is some engine braking with this model. Um, Man, I just can't get over the looks. It's tough. But to me, I'm all about... Uh, function over fashion when it comes to dirt bikes. Maybe I'll take some fashion with my gear, but when it comes to dirt bikes, I want my dirt bike to be good. And the Yoshimura does work really well. So look into a Yosh. Um, FMF offers a new head pipe now. It's more of a low boy system, what gives you some added RPM response and low end. Very good muffler. To me, a little bit more attractive than the Yosh. The FMF doesn't climb as high as the Yoshimira does on top. It's more of a bottom to mid kind of feel, and the Yosh is more of a broader feeling up to the mid-range and then pulls longer up to the top end. So depending on where you want your horsepower is what muffler you go with, or depending on looks is what you go with, right? So Yoshimura or FMF, really good on this model, and uh, the Kawasaki, good bike, man. I can't wait to see the 2020 and what they improve. Hopefully they go a little bit stiffer on the front end. Help the balance out. But man, that bump absorption on that frame is really something. I've done a lot of testing the past two weeks on that thing. And going to hard pack, bumpy tracks, you feel a lot less of the track with that frame. They're on to something with that. And hopefully some other some other aluminum framed models follow suit with that bump absorption. It's really good. So... Those are the top five mods for all the 450s, guys. Again, any questions, hit me up. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I'm going to do the same freaking thing with the 250s next week. So you 250 guys, just chill down. That's the word of the day. Chill down. A phrase of the day, chill down. All right? We'll hit you up next week. We'll also do a podcast later in the week, give you an update on the training program. Of Hangtown and Paula I still call it Paula, sorry But yeah, I'm back at it this week Oh man, it's a lot of work I can't wait for you guys to hear part 2 of this Whew, man I'm old It's a lot of freaking work To work full time, train Try to get this sucker moving Trying to get better, trying to improve And we found something out that made me improve though So in part 2 we'll discuss it Maybe I'll get my wife in here She's been gnarly like Glen Helen at 4.30. If you guys know what I'm talking about. If you guys don't, listen to part one. It explains it all in there. Trust me. Woo! Edgy. She's gnarly. It's like a little Jeannie Carmichael. All right. That's been the KieferIncTesting.com Rocky Mountain ATV MC. Fly racing. Race tech. Also, if you guys are old, you guys want to ride. Where's this thing at here? I got this paper right here to show you. Listen to you guys here. 2019 old timers. I wanted to raise Glen Helen. They were at Glen Helen this weekend. I had to go to Denver. So, damn it. I didn't make it. But, hey. Rocky Mountain in May. Narada, Montana? I don't know how to say that. N-I-A-R-A-D-A. Montana. May 18th and 19th. Horn Rapids. Dude, that's a good track. May 25th and 26th. June 8th and 9th. Prairie City. Woo! I'll be there. July 6th and 7th. Washougal. Even British Columbia, August 3rd and 4th. Idaho, September 21st and 22nd. Alberta. Damn, they go to Canada. That's cool. August 10th and 11th. And that is where I'll be. I'll be at a couple of these guys here. Old timers. I know it sounds like, oh my god, I'm old. But dude, long motos. You're in and out. You're not there all day. Get a lot of riding in. So it's pretty bitching. You go check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you. Maybe get some discount on an entry form. I don't know. It's worth a shot, right? These guys are good dudes. I'll probably see you guys at Washugal. That looks like a fun vacation for the family. So we're going to head up there and get Washugal on. Get our old-timers association on. But yeah, go race an old-timers race. It's pretty cool. If You guys are over the age of 30, they got classes for everyone. So go check them out. Long motos, fun times. So thanks for joining me. I'll hit you guys up later in the week. Update on the team Bullfrog Spa's Honda MCR team. Lots of updates with the manager. He's been failing pretty hard on his managerial duties. Shocking, right? But training's been going pretty damn good. And at Honda, we have some updates on the bike. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining me. Any questions, you know how to get hold of me. And we got some new merch. Hoodies, hats, t-shirts, they're up. Go check them out on the website or go hit up Heather at KeeferingTesting.com. Get them while they last. They go pretty quick. Not that much money for a shirt and a hat. Go rep. I like that. And when you guys get this stuff, Instagram it. Tag me. I want to see what's going on out there. So I appreciate the support. Awesome to meet everybody in Denver. Thank you guys for all your support. I love doing this stuff. I love this no bullshit way of testing. And I love talking about dirt bikes. So if you guys see me at the track, hit me up. Let's chat. Talk about your bike. See if we can improve it. Technique. Whatever it is. After dark. I'm here to help. I love people, unlike Mathis. So thanks for joining me. Check you guys later.